What's up, guys? Welcome to the feed to another episode of Household and Homestead. I'm Pastor Stewart, and I am always with Pastor Brandon. Good What's to up? be with you guys. Happy Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Still losing track of the days. I have no idea. Well, I like the sweet beats you just dropped I right know, there. Right? Those are good times. But anyway, welcome to the feed, guys. Feel free to like, share, comment, ask your questions in the feed as we continue to go through. Um, as always, we're tackling interesting topics. But before we get to those things, let's talk about the news a little bit, shall we? We got some fun headlines yeah, to deal with. Yeah, a couple of headlines for us this week. What do we got? Start us off, Pastor B. Um, Pastor B. <laughs> I'm Not a bad it. nickname. I could deal it. Well, Barna, a very uh, credible and newsworthy um, statistical survey organization, a poll, poll organization, Barna mm. Research Group finds mm. that 14%, 14% of committed churchgoers have switched churches. What? You mean like in the last... Since covid Oh. 2020 since COVID. Oh yeah, no, I'd believe that. I, I would, I would totally believe that. I think That's we've right. seen that even in our local congregation. Yeah, we have quite a few statistics here. I'm going to ask producer Matt, who's in the house with us this morning. What's up, producer Matt? To share that link. You got that link for him there in the comments. Yeah, 14. Just think about that, though. I mean, what is that going to do to the to the landscape of the American church? It's going to be really strange. 14%. So they've switched churches. 14% so they're still, have they're still switched going churches. to church. This, right? this particular percentage, this data point, we'll get to other data points. Okay. But this data point says that 14% have taken this virus as an opportunity to switch, switch churches. Change churches. That's and right. I think the average American who goes to church goes to a new one every, what, three to five years? I don't, know, like the, I don't know the data on that. That uh, that sounds terrible it's, as well. It though it sounds close. It sounds close. Somebody yeah, f- maybe could fact check that for 14% us. Fourteen percent like. have switched churches. Now, but That's here's a lot. here's this is even more alarming. Lot. Okay, this shows us even more that the very concept of covenant is lost on society. In fact, lost on the church as whole. Absolutely. And this is not a um, a show on teaching covenant. But maybe we'll do that next week or something ooh, like that. Ooh. Yeah, we just simply don't understand what it covenant means to be a covenant longer. church member. Mm-hmm. That's right. We don't take our, our, our oaths seriously anymore. Marriage is an easy example of that. Marriage, yes. But we could be here all day. We could be here all day. Yeah, but, thir- but check out this stat. Okay. 32% have just dropped out of church totally. Now, and, and this includes what does that, what does that mean? attending church online. Oh, so I they're put not quotes because that's the not attending. <laughs> but that includes. That means they're not even. They're not even watching the stream. Watching it. They're not even watching people worship. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, 32 percent are either not worshiping or and they're not watching other people worship. Man, that is a that is a big number. I so know. what's going on? Like, what's causing people? So you think it's just the people that were never really in to begin with? They're just kind of, this is an easy out. Well, I mean, I, I imagine there's all sorts of nuance and, and different people in different situations. Pastor Joe's in the feed with us. He could, he could probably add some sense to this particular discussion. Yeah, some, maybe so. His two cents. His two cents. I mean, I, I think that there's probably, well, I know there are certain individuals who are um, especially susceptible 
to uh, to certain flu viruses or respiratory diseases. Sure. Or this COVID virus. Um, we got a few virus. folks like that in our and, church. And yeah. so uh, every year flu season is especially dangerous for them. And so this COVID, mm. COVID season is going to be dangerous as well. Sure. Um, sure. But does that explain 32%? That's I, a lot. No, I don't no think indeed. we have that many. No. Well, not there's 32, so really it's 32 plus 14, so 46. 14 so have switched, 32 half. have dropped out. That's Ooh. right. Um, another Ooh. stat from this Barna survey, uh, 18% stay home, and they have watched people worship online once in a month, but they hop around to different um, services. So once. they watch different groups of people worship, um, depending on... On an average of once a month. Yeah, so they get credit for still attending church if they've attended church in the last month. So this stu- this survey is not strict. You know, it's, no. we're not talking about weekly attendance. Here. Right, right. Thirty five percent have stayed faithful to their local church, and that includes watching Ooh. their local church worship on Sunday mornings. That includes that same statistic. That's right. Man. This is wild. So I was talking to some people. A lot of the larger churches in our area still aren't still aren't meeting. And I don't know if for them it's a moral thing or if it's a logistics thing or what their reasoning really is. But um, the major um, evangelical churches in our area are still shut down and will be shut down until at least August. It's it's wild how they how they can. And one of them just built a 13 million dollar building. I know those bills are mounting up. Half. Of millennial churchgoers have dropped off completely. Half. Not online, not in person. Mm. Half. That's very dangerous. Yeah. If you think about it right now, there's so much. So whenever the shutdown happened, when was that? Like, was that three months ago? February, March. Somewhere in there. When the shutdown happened, everybody jumped on their phones a lot harder. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Social media blew up engagement, interactions, all those kind of things. It went through the roof, crazy, crazy high, because everybody had more time. They were at home looking at their phones. So you would think with that, it would come with, you know, we're pushing out all kinds of resources and for people online and stuff like that. And I'm sure other churches have been as well. Sure. You would think that with that, engagement would increase, but it seems like it's actually people are finding other shepherds and not even necessarily Christian shepherds. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I we uh, as a church, we decided not to to hold worship services online because that's theologically against everything I believe. That's not a that's not a worship service. Sure. Um, we encourage people to worship with their families mm-hmm. um, at home, which I thought was a better tide me over. I think that was a great. Right. I think that was a great alternative. So, I think that was helpful for a lot of our families yeah, sure. to start to build a category of family worship. Amen. Know? Well, you see, when a nation comes under judgment. As our nation has, and uh, if you're not sure about that, I make my case in other podcasts and in my most recent sermon entitled Before the Earthquake. You can find that on my Facebook uh, profile or at sermonaudio.com. Look up We Are Christ Church. But when a nation like ours who is um, engaged in um, unrequited bloodshed, the Holocaust of abortion... You know, unfettered sexual promiscuity, sodomy, homosexuality, lesbianism, um, fornication, adultery, very little of it, which is even disciplined in churches. When a a nation is engaged in these things with Bibles wide open, completely apostate from all that we know, Mm. we can assume that God is providentially judging a nation. God judges people at the end of time, but he also judges people in time. Sure. 
He, he brings pestilence, plagues, earthquakes, um, war, exile. This is clear. You can look up Romans chapter 1 and 2. Yep. You can look up Amos chapter 1 and 2. God judges nations. But here's the, here's the next point that I really want to make. Okay. Go. Judgment begins in the house of God. Mm. Before a, a pagan nation is judged, the Christians of that nation are trampled under feet. Because when salt loses its savor, what good is it for? But to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by heathens. That's scary stuff right there, bro. Judgment always begins at the house of God. Sodom would not have been destroyed if there would have been righteous men among them. If there would have been salt and light in the city, God said he would have withheld his judgment for for ten righteous men. Hmm. But there weren't. Hmm. So, our nation is under judgment. I make my case in my sermon series. And next Sunday, I'll make my case that the church is under judgment. And you know, I've been doing this for a long time. Been sure. saying this for a long time. And I think these Barna headlines are part of this judgment. You see, ministers are told by the Apostle Paul to build on the foundation of Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ and the apostles is the foundation. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then he says, but be careful how you build. Be careful. What, what materials you use to build up your ministry. He says you can build up your ministry, your local church, with precious stones, gold, silver, metals, or you could build it up with wood, hay, and stubble. But both ministries will be tested by judgment, mm. by fire, he says, but that's metaphorical for judgment. And when these ministries are put to the test, when they're put in the crucible... The wood and the hay and the stubble burns up. Mm. I think that's what's taking place now. You were watching the wood, hay, stubble burn up. The you only bu- thing that's if you build on the foundation stones. of Christ, wood, hay, and stubble, you know, you, you don't build wisely. You don't consider quality, mm. just quantity. You build with wood, hay, and stubble, and you're not careful how you build your ministry up as a, a minister of God. Um, doesn't mean you're not a Christian. But it just means when pressure comes, when your church is put into the ringer, mm-hmm. put into the crucible, mm-hmm. a lot of dross is coming out. Mm. So you think that these statistics are a direct... It's just proof that God is removing the dross. Mm. Now, the good thing about that is that as God purifies, purges, and disciplines his church, we can, by the Spirit, learn our lesson and come out stronger. Mm. It doesn't matter how big we are. Gideon had 300. Jonathan had just him and his armor bearer. Mm. The Bible's mm-hmm. filled with examples of how God can save with many or with few. There were the number apostles. doesn't matter, right. but the purity does matter right? because God wants, the, God wants the glory. From one man, Abraham came. Amen. Amen. So that's my interpretation of these um, statistical facts. And uh, feel free to disagree. At your own peril, right? Disagree <laughs> at your own risk. But I don't know about you. Listen, when I sense and make a case from Scripture that our nation is under judgment and that the church is under judgment, I want to make sure I'm in church. I want to be numbered with the faithful. Mm-hmm. When I'm down by the riverside, I want to drink water, you know, like this. If you know the story you don't want to of laugh it like a dog, yeah. That's right. I, 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 I want to be found faithful. Mm. I, and the only way you're going to do this is if you've got your head on a swivel, you're staying alert, you're being sober-minded, you're being discerning. Mm. The winds of narratives are tossing Christians to and fro. And so you, you can't just forget the means of grace. Mm. You can't forget the Lord's day. You mm. can't forget worship. You have to make sure you're, you're st- holding fast because there 
in times of judgment, a lot of people fall away. Hmm. A lot of dross is burned away. Sure. So I'm not saying there's not reasons to be extremely cautious in the midst of a plague. I'm just saying there's more, there's more to this than meets the eye. Hmm. And you need to be just as spiritually vigilant as you are physically vigilant. Okay. Okay. Amen. I like it. So, I like it. with that said, we have our next news story. Okay, what Christians we got? are beginning to take their children out of government schools. Hmm. How you like that, Maga Matt? I see you smiling over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the motivation? So, I mean, I mean, that's I could kind of see that coming. Everybody got a free ride, a beta test of homeschooling for three months. Maybe they're thinking, yeah. We could just yeah, yeah, we could do this homeschooling. We could thing. do it. We Maybe so. It. Maybe so. Maybe a little less intrepidation over um, homeschooling. Yeah, yeah. But I, so. I think so. perhaps they are concerned that their child might catch a virus. Maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. But why have Christians not been concerned about the worldview virus hmm. that hmm. has been spread in government schools? For decades. This is awkward. awkward. We're going to be concerned about a physical virus and not a spiritual virus? Hmm. Doesn't Mm. Jesus tell us to be more afraid of him, right, than of bugs? Doesn't Jesus tell us more to be concerned about the divine than the disease? Are they pulling their kids out of government school because they don't have sports now? Have they sent their kids to government school to brave the waters, to walk across the minefield, to be completely indoctrinated by poisonous worldviews, right? So that they can play sports, pigskins, sheepskins, and sheared sheep, the Mm. sheared sheep of God's flock over that. God says, I take away your football. God says, you don't want to worship on the Sabbath? Well, every day can be your Sabbath. You can sit home bored for six months. Mm. God says, you don't want to worship? You don't get to worship. Hmm. I mean, I'm not reading into this. This is God's warning to his church. The lion is roaring, and we had better be alert. Hmm. We had better wake up. Now is a great time to take your children out of government schools. You don't like Black Lives Matter? You think that, that, um, do- that doctrine is poisonous? What do you think they're teaching them in school? Hmm. Right? Hmm. You hate socialism? Well, who pays for government school, buddy? Your neighbors do. <laughs> if you hate socialism, then stick to it, right? Mm. Quit being a hypocrite, hypocrite and take your kids out of government school. Or else your, your kids are going to be raised socialists. Mm. I could go all day. You could. Right? <laughs> I'm excited. Let's, uh, we haven't even gotten to our topic. Today. We haven't even gotten to we our topic. We might just stay here. We might just live in this Listen, land. listen. Y'all, trying, y'all Christians trying to be pragmatic. Well, you know, it doesn't cost so much, and, you know, it's not going to be that big of a deal. You know, that we ha- he has Christian friends in the youth group, you know, and they play Xbox together once a month, you know, right? So, but here's the thing. Public school education, the national teachers' unions, they're crusaders. Hmm. You pragmatists don't stand a chance against crusaders. You understand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your kid might be um, savvy, you know, he might be alert, but if you're being a pragmatist, you send them because it's not so bad, it works okay, just know you're sending them to school 
to the leftist progressive um, version of me. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, they are there to disciple. To make <laughs> disciples, yeah. They are there There's to make gospel. disciples. They are crusaders. Crusaders don't care about nothing but their crusade, mm-hmm. their ideology, their truth, their doctrine. Well, well, Pastor Brandon, our, our town's small. We know all the teachers. They're not like that. It's a little school. Of it's course, different. what I'm saying can, get, can be worse some places than others. Mm. But federalism, right? The federal government, government monies, the strings and, or the tentacles are in every small town. Mm-hmm. Right? There's, there's no escaping it at this particular point. The, even if it's not as bad as it could be, the seeds of it are already there. Mm. And this is the thing about worldview is it's not on the surface. You understand? It's assumed. It's presupposed. It's underneath it. It's not, it's not going to um, be pitched in such a way that just good, simple, hard-working Christians that just trying to you know, do their thing are going to notice. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's taking the legs out from underneath your child's Christian worldview without you even noticing it. That's how crusaders disciple. I know because I am one, hmm. but of a different religion, a different worldview. So be warned, be wise. Um, but if you are finally saying, you know, I don't want my kid to get a virus. I don't want him to have to mask up and go to, um, go to school in a, in a body condom or whatever it might be. Then, you know, maybe consider a Christian school. Consider a Christian school. But don't bring your pragmatism into the Christian school. Ooh. You know, repent and then you're welcome. Hmm. Then you're welcome to come join the, the crusade, to join the, the movement, right? So there we have it. There um, we have it. We need some uh, memes, some gifs from producer Mast- <laughs> Matt to uh, sort of encapsulate this moment <laughs> on the radio. Gif. Gif. What's, what's wrong with Gif? What's wrong with Gif? That's hilarious. <laughs> is, it, is it a gif? Is it really though? Um, Pastor, oh, it stands for graphics. It's a, oh. it's a gif. I thought it was giraffe. G- gif. <laughs> okay, All right, I stand we're getting corrected. distracted. It's we're getting distracted. Listen, good. Pastor Joe has, has a joke so as to show that I am also a human. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> so Pastor All Joe right, moving says on, this. Moving on. He says, "What are your thoughts on the church has left the building mantra?" You know what I'm talking about? Like, we're now the hands and feet of Jesus out here now. We don't need a building. I think that's what he's getting at. Well, um, of course, having a building is not a hill to die on. Of course, he doesn't mean that either. But when you, when you move out as the church um, militarized, the church militant, mm-hmm. the church um, engaged on the march, advancing, mm-hmm. you have to remember that it's your worship that makes all the difference. You, you, your, your, what do they say? Your, um, for example, when Israel went out to war, what did they do right out of the gate? But they offered sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Right? They paid their tithes and offerings. They laid the, the acceptable lamb upon the altar. They prayed, and the captain of the Lord's army arrived. 
so that when they went to bi- to battle with Jericho, all they did was blow trumpets mm-hmm. and have the priests marching out in front. You see, worship is how we move out. Well, worship is the core of how we move out. Mm-hmm. Worship is the core of our warfare. So the idea that we can discard the center for the the you know for the outward rings of what we do is ridiculous. Mm. It's like cutting down the tree and expecting to eat the fruit. You know, worship is at the core of cultural engagement, mm. right? And and if you cut out worship and Bible and Lord's Supper and the Lord's table where he promises to give you a kingdom in exchange for activism and social service, you will only swallow other gospels. Hmm. You won't be equipped. You will be assimilated into the world. And so, great question. And um, I suppose that's that little um, cliche is out there. Mm. Of course, mm. the church isn't just worship, but worship is the core. And if you're worshiping right, you will be uh, sent out into the world to engage Amen. Amen. Do we even have time to talk about body stewardship? I mean, like, where are we right now in the feed? <laughs> We're 30 minutes in, and we have yet to start the topic. <laughs> well, maybe, we'll, maybe this will be a two-parter. Two-parter. Two All right, part deux. Part, yes, that will be next week. <laughs> Should we get started? Any other questions or any other comments, fomenting? Mm, no, it feels good. Um, Pastor Joe makes the point. He says public school curriculum small-town schools use is written and primarily um, designed for the largest buying markets, namely large population centers like California, like yeah, New York. Yeah, good point. Well, now, hey, Pastor Stewart, let me ask you, are you trying to say that public school teachers should repent? It depends. Is that what you're trying to say? It depends. <laughs> it depends. Maybe if they've you know kind of bought into the mantra of education being the god, then I would say yes. Oh, yeah. But if they're Obadiah... Mm. And they're stashing away profits. Mm. This is a different category. I like it. Yeah, they could be missionaries. That's right. They could and be they, missionaries. And they should be mm-hmm. missionaries. And while I, while I would disagree with that strategy, mm-hmm. because the family is, is sort of essential to Christian discipleship Ooh. and evangelism, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they're kind of working within a system that is, you know— not designed for Christian discipleship. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very, very difficult. So while I would disagree with that strategy, I respect it. Yeah. I respect it. There you but, go. You, but, you, but you do need to be vigilant because all of your colleagues, all of your associates, all of your textbooks, all of your curriculum are designed to make you a good little prophet, mm. priest or priestess of progressivism. Without even knowing it. And, and just because you have a college degree and you were in the youth group doesn't mean you are equipped yourself. I've been a first-year teacher before. Mm. Trust me. First-year teachers are not equipped no. to stand up against the, the, the worldview wars that are raging. No, they get assimilated. That's what happens. And they don't often. even realize that They happens. don't even realize no. it. That's right. And so, fortunately or hopefully, the kids we raise up at Christ Church Academy... By 11th and 12th grade, they'll be ready to engage. Got to tell you something. But your typical one is not. So we did this fun game the other night. We were were hanging out at the dinner table, and I was like, let's do some riddles and stuff with the kids. Our kids have been at the academy since they were in kindergarten, you know. And what was really awesome, we're sitting there, we're running through riddles with them, different things like how many legs, these animals have this, how do you spell this, what's round on one side, high in the middle, like all kinds of different questions. And the kids were killing it. Like their ability to think... Like, these riddles confused me. 
Like one of them was, uh, which state is round on one side, high in the middle, and round on the other? And my kid got it immediately. She hmm. was like, oh, it's a wordplay game. Ohio. It's like, <laughs> holy smokes. They're smart. They have their dad's intelligence. Mm. Right? No. <laughs> no, they've got their mother's. I'll give you that one. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> and Sun let me balls. say this. You know, I can imagine a scenario in which a, an older, you know, high schooler has to go to public school for a year or two or something like sure. that. Sure. I can imagine that scenario. Sure. But... I'm, I am speaking generalities. Right. Um, That's right. Obviously. But, um, but in general, now would be a great time, if at all possible, to uh, get your kid in an 8 to 5 every day, Monday through Friday, discipleship program. What a great time of, of transition. A great yeah. time. Of tra- you've got these opportunities. You, you can, at the very least, maybe just swing at the homeschool thing. Involve your pastors. Ask them questions. Yeah, get some sure. good advice. But if you've got an opportunity for a Christian education... That Boom. is connected to your local church. Oh, that'd be great. Take it. That's right. Just take it. Amen. Amen. Well, maybe we should just do a short show today. Maybe we should. We'll save our body stewardship uh, talk for next week. For another time. Well, then, if we're going to stay on this fun topic, um, then let's, let's, get, let's get into it a little bit more. Hmm. What, what is this topic? We're on, we're on education <laughs> now, baby. We're oh, rolling is that our topic? It. We're okay. rolling with it. Is that not where we're going to live? Sure, that's fine. So what do you... We're talking about, you know, public education versus local Christian education. What would be... So let's say there's somebody who's really been thinking about the next step. Mm-hmm. W- what would they do how next? to How to move their kid into a, a full-time Christian let's, let's education? Do, let's do homeschool first. Okay. Because not everybody's got the, the options that we have. You, know? you mean people in other parts of the uh, city or other parts other of the people uh, state People that are listening in different country. states and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, So let's just talk in the homeschool realm first. What... What would be their first step? Obviously, step 1A is to say, does my church have a Christian school that I can put my kids in? Yeah. That's step 1A. I mean, I, for me, I, I, I want to I make sure we separate the methodology from the principle. Mm-hmm. The principle is Christian discipleship, right. a.k.a. Christian education. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, the, the method, there could be various methods. Sure. And, you know, and now we can all agree or disagree on which method is best— but that's going to be a case-by-case situation. Sure. When uh, my kids were becoming of school age, I knew that I could not homeschool them. Hmm. My hmm. temperament, my personality, my gifts, um, along s- and with my wife's temperament, personality, and gifts. Wasn't going to work. I knew that we wouldn't be able to create uh, an environment conducive for the, the level of rigor that I wanted. You understand? I, right. I want my children to be rigorously educated. Um, I, I don't want to shoot for uh, middle management. I don't want to shoot for, um, what do they say, uh, you know, aim for the, the stars and you might get the moon. I want to yeah. aim for the stars, yeah. not just, you know, go ho-hum, you know, they'll be fine. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to a rigorous education. Okay. And so I knew that I couldn't do that on my own. I needed to partner with other Christians who had other gifts and other resources yeah. to provide the best um, learning experience and to provide that rigor yeah, that I needed. Absolutely. So I have, you know, I'm able to send my child to Christ Church Academy where Pastor Joe teaches. I'm about to graduate with his PhD. The Pastor in, Joe. Um, PhD in public theology or church history, something like that. I don't want to get him started on the comments. He'll go all day talking about that. <laughs> He'll bombard us with EY Mullins facts. <laughs> Poor Joe. No, so my, Joe. my kids are instructed by Pastor Joe. Um, in mm. church history, in literature, in theology, mm. 
They're mm. instructed by um, other teachers who are godly and wise mm-hmm. and have skills well beyond my or my wife's capacities. They're not just measured based on them having a bachelor's degree in some category. Well, no, we don't. We're not concerned about the government's um, creeds or credentials. Mm. Um, but that we have highly qualified, competent, godly Christians, and I'm so happy that my Amen. kids get to uh, to basically gain from all of their gifts and all of those resources. So I'm like, so, but if somebody wants to choose the homeschool method, um, I mean, you have to look at your own family, look at your own gifts and mm-hmm. strategies and see if you can structure it. There's great curriculums out there, and most every godly, Christ-centered church is going to have a group of, of homeschool families that sure. can guide you along the process. They're, they're thinking through things. They're making plans. Yeah, so really, if you're a Christian and you're thinking about this and maybe you don't have a connection to a strong local church, that would be the first thing to Yeah, face. that'd be fine, but, I mean, maybe they if, if we have any person in mind listening, they can, of course, put their town, and I'll help them find a Christian, sure, Christian school absolutely. if they want. Um, also, a lot of churches offer scholarships for people who believe they can't afford Christian education. Right. So there's that option as well. Right. And so, anyway, yeah, I, I strongly encourage it. I know that people are mad, mad, mad about what's going on in the government schools right now. Sure. I've been well, reading, football just got canceled. I've been reading the KATC comments, <laughs> and folks are mad. Yeah. They're going to virtual schooling. Um, Two days a week, I think, in person. Three days a week, virtual is the plan for our parish right now. That's the most recent Saint news Landry that I've Parish seen. is going to virtual online schooling, mm-hmm. which I just... Ooh, Unless that, you're in fourth grade or under. If you're in fourth grade or under, you're there five days a week. Fifth grade and up, two days a week. That's right. And I don't understand how, I don't how, understand how all of this relates to um, the coronavirus. I'm sure it is quite complex. Sure. Um, but... If I know that there's a lot of people out there that are just feeling out of control, they can't, they don't have any say of their child's education, or maybe they have to go to work. Maybe now is the time to consider it's Christian inter- education. It is interesting to see how these two things play out because if we're talking about just a virus and the ability of it to spread from one person to another, to have the children still at the school the most time that are the most likely to spread a virus, which mm-hmm. would be the ones whose hands and mouths and all those things are everywhere and hardly ever get washed. They're there full time, but the ones who aren't in that category are not there. It's a very strange... I, it's, have, I don't understand exactly. It's I have no idea, here. and I'm, I'm sure the decisions were made with politics and money and teachers' unions and et cetera, et cetera. There's so many things that go into making these decisions. Sure. I have no possible way of imagining how they came up with that um, but I have a solution if you're irritated by it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Amen. Amen. Yeah, well, share our show if you would, folks. I think we should re- continuously remind people to do that. Yeah. Share if you dare. <laughs> share if you care. Right? Put that in a gif. Oh, Put geez. that in a gif. Or do a it. mem. A mem. Oh, my gosh. No? Stop it. Stop it. That's terrible. That's terrible. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, 
You ready for lunch? I am ready for lunch. Guys, thanks so much for joining with us again. Um, this show definitely did not fit the body stewardship we topic that we were thinking about, but we'll get to that later on. Um, if you're looking for sh- shows that we've had for the last several weeks, months that we've been doing this, you can go on sermonaudio.com, search We Are Christ Church, or any podcasting app that you have access to. I hope that you've enjoyed this, you found it helpful. If you got questions, you can email me, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at wearechristchurch.com, and I'd be more than happy to field those questions for you to help you think through things yeah, send like send him this. the emails absolutely Indeed. and uh, hopefully you guys are having a great time you can also find us on Facebook um, through our Christchurch media page and until next time we'll see y'all later see y'all next time <laughs>